Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Joel from The Passing Shot. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our show. We're supported by every one of our fans in the Passing Shot community. And if you want to become one of them and get the latest updates from your tennis catch-up service, then all you need to do is follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. And if you like what you hear, then why not tell your friends or leave us a rating and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. The French Open's two days away. The draws have just taken place. Let's play. Hello tennis fans and welcome to The Passing Shot, your tennis catch-up podcast. This week on a very special episode of The Passing Shot, we'll be looking forward to Roland Garros, two days away, the men's draw, the women's draw, they've just taken place literally, I think maybe like an hour ago, and I'm with Kim, uh, we're going to be digesting all that's taken place, all the all the matchups, all the intrigue in round one through to the finals, looking at player paths looking at potential upsets um kim uh, how are you how are you how are you doing yeah very well thanks uh very excited hot off the press today we are um rafa was looking very nice at the draw some lovely smiles from him so um yeah let, let's get cracking let's let's start analyzing <laughs> what's <laughs> going to unfold at roland garros in the next fortnight should we start with the men joel yes let's start with the men because I think that let's just do a little preview first of all for you know all of our listeners in terms of a Roland Garros setting the scene. You know we've got a quartet of winners going into the the men's competition. We've got Nadal, Djokovic, Federer, and almost like the forgotten man, I guess Stan Wawrinka, and and that's the first time in four years that we're going to have um, all these all these um, all these players in the draw. Nadal looking to extend. Uh, re- extend his you know, record of titles um, 12th time potentially in, in 2019. Djokovic obviously got great form at the Grand Slams, looking to complete the Null Slam for the second time in his career, uh, winning all four major titles. And then you've almost got like the unknown, the unknown factor in Roger Federer, who uh, has come back to Roland Garros first time since quarterfinal run in 2015 when he, he fell to stand the man so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of intrigue there a lot of kind of uh, yeah there are some unknowns and there are some players looking to make to make history yeah and I'm just wondering what shorts Stan the man is going to wear this year because I think he only wins <laughs> slams when he wears terrible shorts right <laughs> um well, reliving that that victory of his was it yeah was it four years ago he won with those lovely brown checkered shorts really fashionable <laughs> but yeah that, I mean, he, he he was also saying it, that was when he was going through divorce and he was saying divorce works wasn't it on oh on the, did he uh, say that on the TV. Oh. <laughs> yeah because everyone was like oh you need to be in a steady relationship to play great tennis 
because Andy, I think, had just got married and Noel was, you know, loved up. But uh, yeah, yeah but Stan was going through a divorce and he, he kind of, I think he had a joking uh, message to, to fans saying divorce works, <laughs> divorce works as well. He was proving, well, maybe, you know, Federer should get divorced and then he'll suddenly win Roland Garros <laughs> again and be amazing on the day. We'll see. But yeah, actually, interestingly, you know, you said like the big four um, in terms of past champions. But really, I mean, the big four, I guess, in terms of who's actually got a chance realistically of winning it this year we would probably put Dominic team in that group mm. rather than Stan Wawrinka who doesn't really have an awful lot of form coming into the Roland Garros so in terms of what half the draw uh people are in we've got Djokovic and team in the top half and then Nadal and Federer in the bottom half so who knows we could see a Roger Rafa semi um which would well they haven't played on clay in in many many years so that would be really interesting to see how that would unfold. Um, and I think the last time that they would have played in a semi at Roland Garros would have been 2005 when Rafa first won the title. Um, might need to check my facts there, but I think that's correct. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if you go a bit uh, like a round back from that, let's look at the quarterfinals by the seeding and what that would be, um, how that would shape up. So we would have we would have Djokovic against Alex Zverev. Now, I personally don't see Zverev getting to the quarterfinal. What about you, Joel? Uh, I mean, on current form, I, you know, I wouldn't have said so. I feel like he's in almost like panic mode at the moment, trying to get in match practice, taking wild cards left, right and centre. He took a wild card this <laughs> week, I think. Uh, I think he's in, is he in the semifinals? He's in Geneva. Um, I think he's in Geneva. He's He's in the semifinals of Geneva. However, he was in a three-set match to some, I don't know, Hugo Delian from Bolivia. And he almost lost that, I think. So I really wouldn't bet, put any money on Zverev I, yeah. getting that far. And and we all know Zverev's record in Grand Slams as well. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't bode well. I'll be impressed to see. I think, to be honest, I'll be impressed to see him get to the second week. Yeah. I think, you know, based on his current situation, his current form... I think that would be a good a good run in the tournament yeah. a good run in the tournament for him, all things considered. For sure. And then we would have Dominic team against Juan Martin Del Potro if they both um realise their seeding potential. So that would be a very tasty quarterfinal. Um I mean Del Potro, you know, he had two match points against Djokovic just recently in Rome. So if he, you know, plays like we know he is capable of playing, he can beat anyone on his day. So um and then in the bottom half we've got Stefano Tsitsipas against Roger Federer, so he might take Federer out again at a Grand Slam, second yeah, time. Very, in yeah, very interesting matchup there. They obviously played against each other at the Australian Open in, in the first Grand Slam of the year with Tsitsipas coming out on top. So, you know, there's a bit of a, you know, Federer will obviously want to get his revenge there. And I can definitely see that in terms of a quarterfinal uh, materialising. And I feel like it's a fifth that's almost like a 50 50 match at the moment for me yeah I think I mean Federer you know he had to withdraw from from their match in uh in Rome so I'm not sure if he's got any kind of lingering injuries going on if he was just being cautious but we will see how Federer gets on and then the last quarter again I'm not sure this will materialize Kane Shikori versus Rafa so Kane Shikori he's been not really on my radar um of late I don't. I feel like he's not one to watch. Um, I mean, having said that, he's he's probably going to go and play a blind in now <laughs> in the quarters. <laughs> but I, I'm not sort of thinking that he's going to be in the quarterfinal stage personally. No, I'm. I, I, yeah, I kind of agree with you. But at the same time, yep, yeah, would not be surprised if if he got there. Nishikuri, we know, is a got good. He's got a very good pedigree when it comes to to Grand Slams. But again, I think you know, its fitness is normally um a, a question mark a, a around him so yeah it remains to be seen what you know what he'll be able to do yeah and then I mean if we look at La any sort of potential dramatic round of 16 matches we could have a Fognini versus Verev we could have team versus local favorite Monfils we could have Cecinato last year's semi-finalist against Federer um we also could have Nicolas uh, Basilashvili against Rafa, which um, we discussed on our latest podcast. Um, when they play each other, Rafa tends to dish out quite a few bagels and breadsticks uh, to Basilashvili. So 
Um, I was yeah. quite amused. He, he, he could be. He could be looking for the three-course meal, couldn't he? Um, in, yes. a, in a best of five set match at, at Grand Slam from from Nadal, his record is not great. Um, but yeah, some definitely some interesting lineups potentially in that round of sixteen. To me, that the one that stands out is Fognini versus Zverev. You know, Zverev. I think if he gets that far, I think Fognini could take him out. But then at the same time, Fognini is one of those players that. You know, he could go that far, but he could also go out the first round. I don't you know. You just never know. <laughs> He's so unpredictable. I mean, out of the top three, who would you sort of think has got the easier or the harder draw out of out of the big three? I I don't know about you, Kim, but I feel Djokovic has got the hardest the hardest draw. I think certainly the top half, I think is a top heavy sort of draw. You know, Djokovic, team, Zverev, Del Potro, you know, they're all they're all on their day very capable of, of beating each other. And, you know, putting those kind of in consecutive matchups, I don't think that's gonna help Djokovic. Having said that, you know, he's obviously got, you know, he is one of the favourites, and I still think I still kind of expect him to get to semi-finals, the final. Um, but I think it might take a bit more time on court than he perhaps would like. Yeah, I think I think that's I think I still fully expect Djokovic to get to the final, but he might he might drop a few more sets along the way than he would have otherwise. I mean, I think the most possible kind of danger for him probably would be Dominic team in the semi-final or possibly Del Potro. I can't see even like Fognini if he was to get to the quarterfinal. I I feel like he just wouldn't have enough <laughs> to challenge on on yeah. unless Novak had and, some underlying problem going on. And also with Djokovic, he lost last year to Cecchinato, which was very surprising. Again, is he going to have that kind of in the back of his head when he's on, on a tennis court against someone he should be... Someone expecting. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, or, or, or someone he's you know expected to beat. And, you know, he's got maybe he has a lingering thought, oh, Cecchinato beat me last year. And that's almost kind of created a little, you know, maybe. Pressure, pressure there. But He uh, was still kind of coming... Knows? coming in off the back of that elbow injury. So it might have been more to do with that. And I think he's in a much better place now. But I mean, in terms of Rafa's draw, he would on paper, in theory, have the easiest draw, I think, out of the big three. So he's got qualifiers first and second round. Uh, then he would have either Goffan or Kekmanovic, who actually is a sort of up-and-coming Serbian player who's done, he did pretty well on the hard courts, didn't he? I think earlier in the year. Possibly Basilashvili in the fourth round, or Guido Payer, who actually is the mm. leading match winner on clay so far in 2019. Yeah. And they and they had a very good match in Barcelona, I recall. I think mm. uh, Pella pushed him quite hard. I think it was a close, very close two set match. You know, quite a quite a long two sets match. He's definitely got the tools to 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 push Nadal. Yeah, so I don't think Rafa's draw is as easy as people are making out, perhaps. Uh, quarterfinal, Nishikori or Medvedev, should they get there, you know, and reach their sort of seeding potential? And then I really think Rafa's biggest test on paper would be in the semi-final, so either Federer or Tsitsipas, uh, probably. Um, I mean, Rafa kind of slaughtered Tsitsipas at the Australian Open semi-finals, but obviously Tsitsipas has beaten Rafa since in Madrid, so... It's it could go either way, but I mean Rafa on clay over five sets, you would have to go with Rafa for that one, unless there was a change in sort of the circumstances, an injury, something like that coming into coming into play. Federer, I think he's got an all right draw. Um, looking at his potential matchups, um, he's got your favourite Joel in the second round, oh, no. Alex Jaziri. <laughs> I put a sad face on our script. Yeah. Against- because you know I, I want to obviously see him do well but you know if he manages to get through his, his first round I, I think he's you know he's going to come up with an insurmountable challenge against uh, Roger Federer or he could become a household name by beating Federer and then storming that's to the true yeah. but I think that's more likely in the third round because he's got to face Berrettini who beats uh he beats Zverev in Rome and he again is an up-and-coming sort of player and, and I feel like he could do a, a almost he could do a Cecchinato on us he I could he's yeah a, he's he's definitely got some um he's definitely got a, a the, the performance in him and I think he could you know if he gets that third round I definitely think he could cause Federer a bit more trouble than you know some people might expect I think Berrettini also won the Budapest Open he definitely won a title this year um on clay and then actually round four if Federer did get so far 
he could potentially play Cesionato. So he's got all the Italians um, or Diego Schwartzman, recent semi-finalist in Rome. So again, another player with, with good form coming into Roland Garros. And then Federer, yeah, Sitsipas in the quarterfinal. I mean, in a way, Sitsipas, would he be the favourite for that? He's He's got far better, you know, form on clay coming into Roland Garros in terms of like, sort of leading stats on clay so far he's he's third behind Rafa and Novak um so I mean ugh, that's that's a tricky one but in a way I would maybe give Sitsipas the edge um just because of form yeah I, I was just yeah I, I was just gonna say going back to to Rafa's draw do you think there is a chance just looking at that draw he could potentially be undercooked going into yeah you know, if that yeah. going into that uh, at semi final, I'm looking at you know the fact that he's got two qualifiers in the you know first and second round. You know, I'm not seeing a lot of uh, you know people who challenges. Could... Yeah, so I wonder if there is, um, you know, there might be a cause for concern if there is one on yeah whether he might be a little underdone, underprepared going into you know, his his semi-final against, you know, a, a, probably a, a top quality opponent. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean because I think you do need to have, like, a reasonable test, don't you, before you reach, like, the higher end of the tournament. Having said that, qualifiers are often harder than, you know, just uh, someone who's in the main draw without, you know, any kind of form because qualifiers have had to win, you know, three matches to get into the first round. So they're actually on a bit of a winning streak. So they can actually be more difficult than you know, getting given like Dennis Isterman or something in the first round. So, I mean, it's not just as straightforward as it might look on paper. We don't know yet who those qualifiers are because they're still, as we're recording this tomorrow, they are finishing off the final uh, qualifying rounds. So, you know, we will see. I know there's people like Simone Bellelli still in qualies, you know, Caruso. So some other kind of Italians who know their way around the clay court. Let's look at the British uh, prospects some pretty tough draws for our British men. Um, Dan Evans plays Vadasco in the first round, which yeah, isn't I ideal. <laughs> n- no, I, I can't. I, I can't. As much as Evans, I think, has had a good clay court season, I can't see him. I um, maybe could take a set, but I kind of see Vadasco winning that. Interestingly, Vadasco could face Dominic Team in the fourth round and. Badasco beat team in in Rome has this really uh, almost surprising head to head record four and zero team hasn't beaten him so that could be a, a potential upset if they both get that far but in terms of the first round yes I can't see Evans Evans doing doing a job on Vadasco unfortunately yeah especially as Dan Evans hasn't actually won a, an ATP level clay match this year. I think he's only won qualifying matches on clay so far this year, um, if I'm correct in that. And actually, the winner of that would potentially play Damir Dumzir, um, who beat Stan Wawrinka in Geneva this week. So, you know, um, some tasty matchups potentially in that segment. And then Carl Edmund has got local Jeremy Shardy in the first round. And if this was a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. But... Carl Edmund has had shocking results, so I I mm. don't I kind of expect Carl to lose that one. Um. <laughs> I I'm I, I'm still going to back Carl on this, but at okay. the same time, I, I he could. I think like the most the logical outcome at the moment is he'll win the first set and then lose in four, or mm. you know he'll be a set and a break up and then lose. I think he will start off very positively. I think he will. Um, yeah, I think. I think he'll, he'll, he 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 could win the first set, but he will need to obviously carry that through for the whole whole of the match. And I think that consistency has been lacking in his recent matches, where you know he has got off to a positive start, but has ended up you know losing in in three or you know just losing the, the momentum in general. So yeah, it's good. I think I still would back Edmund, but certainly. I'm not as confident as I would have been, yeah, last last year. Yeah, and I think the most exciting match potentially for a British male is Cam Norrie, who plays Nick Kyrgios in the first round. Um, so this will be Kyrgios's first match since storming off of the court in Rome. Um, how do you think this one will play out, Joel? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think there's going to be another chair on the 
on the court. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm not sure. I think, I think Norrie, I think you just don't know with Kyrgios. I feel like Kyrgios could self implode and, and I'm almost like Cameron Norrie's got to be ready to almost kind of take that up, that take that opportunity. He's got a good, I think he's got a good all round game that can, that can challenge someone like Kyrgios on a clay court. But, you know, if if Kyrgios plays to the level that you know we all know he can do, I think that it, that would almost kind of th- that would spell the end for for Norrie at the French Open. I almost want Kyrgios to self combust because that will help Cam, and then the winner of that would play Dusan Lajovic. So I think if Cam was able to get past Kyrgios, he would be able to get past Lajovic. Um, so yeah, but they those three are only male. Contenders in the singles draw because uh, Jay Clark and James Ward both lost in first round of qualies. Um, let's just have a quick look at kind of some other floaters in the draw. Any other kind of interesting matches? So we've got Feliciano Lopez versus Ivo Karlovic. So that's kind of a, I don't know, an old, an old, I want to say old fogies, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Do they, uh, do the they need to put that? Of the tennis circuit playing each other, perhaps. Do they need to put that on before five o'clock then? Or, uh, oh, what you think they'd sure be get... their bedtime otherwise? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, make sure they need to get to bed on time. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we've also got Grigor Dimitrov versus Janko Tipsarevich in the first round. So Dimitrov, terrible form of late, had to uh, play qualies in Geneva. Yeah. And Tipsarevich kind of still coming back after several severe injuries. Mm. I mean, I don't really know what to expect from that match. I think it could go either way. It could be a five-set slam dinger. I feel like that is a five-set who wants it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, As you said, seeing Dimitrov in qualifying draws in Geneva, you know, it's it's very unfamiliar territory for him. And I feel like, yeah, Dimitrov, Tipsarevich matchup, it could go five sets. It could just be a case of of who who wants it more. But I think it's just a sign of the times that, you know, we're talking about Tipsarevich potentially upsetting Dimitrov, who... I think we, we would have expected, you know, a few years ago, that would just be a you know routine three-setter. Yeah, exactly. Also, another interesting match. Um, Christian Garin, who is arguably the most dangerous unseeded player in the men's draw. So he has won two clay tournaments so far this year. Um, he's 37 in the world, so not seeded. Um, he actually won the junior boys title at Roland Garros as well in 2013. He, um, if he gets through to the second round, would play Stan Wawrinka. So that would be a really tasty matchup, just based on Garin's form. Stan perhaps not having much form. I could see Garin winning that. And I mean, who knows how far he could go? Um, or it could all be a load of hot air. He could have done amazingly well coming into the French. And, you know, at slams, is he kind of a completely unknown prospect? He could just fall at the first hurdle. You know, we will see, but he's one I'm very excited to see, you know, how far he can get. Yeah, certainly. Two two time champion on clay this season, winning titles in Houston and Munich. He is a player that I'm I'm sure a lot of the other guys in the draw would have seen him and wanted to avoid. And um yeah, he could he could be a dark horse to get to I think to get to the to the second week. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to the women's tournament and have a little discussion at who is potentially going to capture the second slam of the year. Top four seeds are Naomi Osaka, Karolina Pliskova, Simona Halep and Kiki Burtons. And uh, I mean, I would say there's a 50% chance the winner would come from the top four and, and maybe a 50% chance it's going to come from outside outside the you know in the rest of the field when you say 50% chance from the rest of the field do you mean that 50% is 100% Serena Williams (laughs) no actually I was thinking more (laughs) along the lines of other slam champions maybe Kerber maybe Muguruza just you know they've got form they know how to turn it on at slams they've been known before to be you know coming into slams or to win slams without you know an awful lot of perhaps form so I mean I wouldn't put it past you know, one of them pulling it out the bag or Kvitova, you know, she's had very good results this year. Um, Ash Barty perhaps could, could claim her first title, um, her first Grand Slam title. I mean, let's look at the quarterfinals in the seedings. Um, if, if they were to get 
so far. Osaka versus Barty. Now that is a very tasty match. That would be very tasty. Yeah. I, would, I would pay money for that. I would. I'm hoping that. I'm looking at the draw. I'm hoping that happens. Mm. And then Halep versus Kvitova. Also incredibly tasty. <laughs> How is that a quarter final? Well, that, that's. I know. That feels like a final yeah. worthy sort of matchup. Well, the winner of that might well go on to win the whole tournament. So Osaka versus Halep would be the projected semi-final, and then we would have Stevens versus Burton's. So again, Kiki Burton's the most maybe informed player of the clay season so far, coming into the Roland Garros, uh, seeded fourth. I mean, I would, I would say she should beat Stevens, but Stevens got to the final last year, so has form, you know, at Roland Garros New as well. Coach, yep. Yeah. And then Kerber versus Pliskova. So again, I mean, that could well be a Grand Slam final. They are all, you know, top level matches could go either way. We might not even see half of those names in the quarterfinals. It's very unpredictable. Um, by the seedings, it would then be Burton's Pliskova semi-final. So, I mean, I kind of feel like that won't happen. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a few floaters getting further than uh, you mm. know i think roland garris is one of those tournaments you know we've had ostapenko winning it two years ago Certainly. we've had a lot of first-time champions here so i think if anyone's going to win a maiden slam it usually comes at roland garros i mean will Osaka, we don't you know would she win a third slam in a row that isn't outside the realms of improbability she she knows how to turn it on at big tournaments uh, yeah who knows i think it's it's definitely interesting i think it's quite an evenly balance draw and certainly i think I, i'm i'm not sure i'm assuming there's going to be world number one implications as well yeah um given people's results so i think there's there's almost kind of more to play for in this kind of women's draw than in in the men's because yeah i think that if the number one ranking could be on the line yeah definitely and then i mean if we look sort of at some earlier matchups that might take place should these players get so far in the draw, we could have Serena Williams playing Ash Barty. I mean, Serena's kind of an unknown prospect. She pulled out of Rome with, a, I think, a continuing knee injury after her first match. So she really doesn't have much match practice at all coming into it. She's got Diachenko in the first round. I would expect her to come through that, but I'm really not sure how far she is likely to go. I think coming up against someone like Ash Barty, she... I would favour Ash Barty personally. If it was on grass, maybe not, or hardcore. But Serena on clay, I don't rate as as much of a, a threat, especially with so little practice coming in. And she could face Andreescu in, in round three, mm-hmm. a very intrigue, intriguing matchup. Or she could have an All-American battle against... Um, Sophie, Sophia? Sophia Kennan. <laughs> Kennan, um, again, so... Yeah, I think she's got some, certainly got some hurdles, particularly because, you know, I think uh, still very much still an unknown quantity. I think she probably would have liked a few more matches under her belt. But, you know, this is Serena Williams. She can go into a Grand Slam cold and end up really, you know, really hot and and, and win the thing. So, you know, let's not let's not count her out. <laughs> yeah, and I think Halep's draw is not too bad. She opens against Tom Lianovic, second round Lynette. Third round, Serenko, possibly Eugenie Bouchard. Uh, she might have Kazakina in the fourth round, or, you know, and then she'll be starting to face the likes of Kvitova, possibly Sabalenka. Although Sabalenka doesn't have an awful lot of form so far this year, she's had a pretty terrible one. Um, I it's, would say, him, him, just just before that, um, she's buckling under the pressure of your your prediction at the start oh, of the year that, I know. that you were gonna. Um, you're going to say, you you're saying that she was going to be French Open, uh, French <laughs> champion. Open champion. Well, she had such a good end of 2018. I was just going off that, but I'm revising my <laughs> prediction. Although Sabalenka, I think, is into the semi-finals of Strasbourg. I think so. You know, she might win that and then win the French on a roll. We'll see. Um, I think Osaka, though, out of the top top name she's probably got the toughest draw um especially in the early rounds because looking at her draw she opens against Schmiedleber, which i think is winnable second round um she'd play either yelena ostapenko or victoria azarenka which is probably the first round top match to watch isn't it in the women's draw former yeah, champion that, against you know azarenka former world yeah. number one grand slam champion herself i mean 
Ostapenko Azarenka, that's a Grand Slam winner versus Grand Slam winner matchup in round yeah. one. That again is I think that's probably the pick of the ties in round one. But yeah, for that winner then to go on to face Osaka again, a, probably another popcorn match um, early on in the tournament. I mean, do you think Azarenka could possibly could possibly upset Osaka? World number one, second round. I mean, I'd, I'd I personally, I'd, I'd love Azarenka to have a deep run in a slam. I certainly think she's got it in her locker. She beat Svitolina in in Rome. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think she's capable of of pulling off, a, you know, a, a top 10 win. You know, again, she's got that, she's got pedigree. She knows how to play in Grand Slams. So certainly I think that's, that has potential and I see certainly Azarenka getting past Ostapenko who's having a pretty lousy year mm, yeah it's a bit of a turnaround from two years ago when she won the tournament um also the winner of that would play Maria Sakari in round three should she get that far and Sakari you know she won the Rabat Open she's a semi-finalist in Rome so she's pretty much you know on fire as well in terms of form coming into the tournament so again not a player you really want to face um, on your way but I mean you know having said that if Osaka comes through these potential matchups that could hold her in you know the best possible stead for the latter stages of the tournament so I think in both of the slams that she's won she's kind of had like that critical match in like the fourth round where she's got past that and like kind of gone on and and stormed to victory so you know yep. that actually could be a good thing to have those those battles if she came through them. But I think also yeah. let's let's discuss um, another player who comes in with really good form on the clay, and that's Joe Conta, our our British hopeful. Joel, um, what do you make of her chances? A better better than last year. I mean, she's gonna ha- she's got great momentum. Finalist in Rome, uh, finalist in finalist in Rabat, uh, yeah. where she lost to Sakari. So she's got a lot of clay wins this season under her belt, opens against a qualifier. So I'm hoping, yeah, and, and seeded as well. So I'm hoping that, you know, she could go, yeah, I think she, she's she got claims to to say, I can get to the, I can get to the second week here. She's never actually won a match at Roland Garros. So I think, oh, I'm okay. hoping, well, that, I'm hoping that doesn't mentally cause a block for her because I think she totally deserves to get way further than a first round defeat. Um, I mean, she's got an all right draw, qualifier in the first round. Second round, possibly Christina Pliskova or Lauren Davis. But third round, Kiki Burton's. Oh, but, that'd be you good. know, we know that Joe can beat her. So, yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, it's been and done in the last week. So, why not happen, you know, again? So, I'm, I would be disappointed if Joe didn't do, do well. I mean, if she didn't make the third round, I'd be very disappointed based on her, her form coming in. Um, other, other, I mean, in terms of other Brits, we've got Katie Swan still going in qualifying. So fingers crossed she can, she can make it through. Heather Watson lost in the second round of qualifying. So, um, and we're not really sure what's happening with Katie Balter, are we? Because we thought yeah, she pulled that, that out. That was confusing because, yeah, a few episodes ago, it's, it, all, it was all doom and gloom on Twitter saying that she, she hurt herself <laughs> in the Fed Cup and potentially was going to miss French Open and Wimbledon. But then, yeah, to read today that she's in the, in the draw and she's facing and Donna Vekic I think yeah facing Donna Vekic I was like oh okay well that's a big 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 turnaround um I don't know maybe she's she's had the magic sponge applied and and, and she's okay again but uh, yeah um, I mean obviously it'd be great to see her back on a tennis court I just hope that you know she's 100% 100% fit when when she does yeah no fingers crossed that she is like ready and set to go <laughs> and we, and if Katie Swan can make it through then that'll be three three British women in the main draw so um, that would be great to match, yeah, three, three men in the draw as well. Um, other top matches, I think we should just point out Alina Svitolina versus Venus Williams first round. <laughs> Again, that could be a Grand Slam final technically, couldn't it? That, that's a, another in, very intriguing matchup. Venus Williams. Oh, Svitolina. Oh, who, I, I don't know who, I don't know who wins that, Kim. What, what do you think? <laughs> oh. It's going to go three sets, and I think it might be like eight, six in the third. Because they, they don't have last set tie breaks, do they? 
still at Roland Garros. They're, they're old fashioned, so they're they're going all the way. Yeah, I, I think like the only the only be a long the only guarantee I think I can make in that match is that Garmon Feast will be on the side rooting, even if his match is like an hour after it or whatever. Well, unless um, he's physically playing at the same time, but that'd be bad. <laughs> <fishing>. <laughs> Well, actually, even if he's playing, I'm sure he'll try and find a way to, uh, <laughs> to, to watch. To I mean, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll, you know, Svitolina will have local French support. Um, so that might spur her on, give her the edge. Um, also, Sabalenka's playing Sybil Kova in the first round. So that's a pretty close matchup. Um, and then the winner of that could play Enisimova, the young, you know, up and coming American. So who knows what she's going to do. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't actually have a um, scoreboard stories this week, do we, Joel? But one thing that uh, we did notice was, well, it is a stat. Um, it's not a scoreboard stat, but it, it is a bit of a stat and it's a bit of history that's been made. 15 years and two months, uh, 2018, Roland Garros junior champion. Great name here. Coco Golf? <laughs> I think, yeah, go Golf. I'm not sure, but Coco is a great name. Um, she became the youngest uh, female player to win a Grand Slam match qualies on main draw since Martina Hingis back at the 1995 Australian Open. Um, she beat uh, the world number 131 Kaja Yuvan in uh, the qualifying round two, six, three, six, three. So I assume now, yeah, she's round into well, the, no, the final round actually- of qualifying. Joel, she lost in the set. It was the first round of Polly's that she won. Yeah. And then she's just lost to Kaja Yuvan. So obviously she couldn't keep it going, but she did technically make history by being the youngest ever winner of any sort of Grand Slam match on the women's side. So, you know. I mean, I was just doing my GCSEs, Kim. I I know. Players just kind of, yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. I was coming home from school, sitting on my ass watching like Wimbledon after school um <laughs> not playing tennis or competing at a slam so <laughs> it's kind of crazy it sort of it sort of reminds me of uh the australian um probably going to say the name wrong was it uh marta marta kostuk yeah Again, um, she was she like yes. 16 17 years old i think she yeah. did quite well this week i think she got to the quarterfinals of uh of strasbourg of the, yeah she lost strasbourg. today yeah she lost to caroline garcia today um but that was marta kostuk's first quarter final at age 16 mm. um she's just outside the top 200 and she would have got into the wimbledon qualifying if she'd made the semi today but she is just outside the the bracket for that so Give her a bit more time and then she'll be making scenes on the WTA tour, I'm sure. Give her a bit more time. I'm sure we're going to see golf, Kostuk, rivalry born on the uh, the WTA tour. Future stars, future stars. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, the women's draw, I think it's, I just sound so cliched. It's all to play for, but I mean, let's, let's, let's do some predictions now. I know I've in the past predicted Sabalenka for the 2019 French Open, which I think is a bit wild who are you going to put your money on joel for the men and the women's tournaments so let's just let's start with the women uh i in my predictions uh yes kim had sabalenka i put simona hallett and uh, am i gonna stick with simona hallett i i want to but i'm i'm gonna go kiki burton's oh Oh, I know, because that means that she's going to beat Joe Conter in the third round. But, oh, uh, yeah. Well, she might I not. <laughs> I, she might not. I don't know. But, I, yeah, I I like Kiki Burton's run of form at the moment. I think mm. she's the... Uh, for me, I think she's the most in-form player on the WTA Tour. And I think that... For, for me, I think she's going to continue that form and become the 2019 French Open champion as you said the French Open typically for for the women has been a breeding ground for first time champions and it would not yeah it would not surprise me if that kind of run continued and I'm looking at Kiki Burton's to continue that run oh interesting um yeah oh I I'm gonna go and be more I don't know predictable I'm gonna say Simona Halep is going to defend her title, which would be really nice. I mean, this is the tournament where she's been most successful on a slam level. And yeah, she's not coming in with as 
consistent form as say Kiki Burton's, but I think if it was Hallett Burton's in the slam, I'm I would say like Hallett would edge it just on slam experience. I think Burton's is still quite untested at a slam. Yeah. So I'm going to switch I'm gonna my go... prediction to Hallett. <laughs> I'll take your I'm old gonna go, prediction. Yeah. Burton's Hallett final for me, Burton's winning it. And so. that can happen, can't it? Because they're in separate halves of the draw. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and for the men, Joel, who are you going to... I know we debated this a bit in our Rome catch-up, but who, who do you think is going to edge yes, it? We <laughs> so in my, again, in my original prediction, I predicted Dominic Team. And I still think I still think that's quite a good bet. Um, I don't. I just. I kind of see a, maybe a pass, maybe a passing of the torch moment. More. Mm, I think Dominic team. I think Dominic team. I'm going to stick with Dominic team. Really? Okay. Wow. So he's going to beat Djokovic in the semi and Rafa in the final. You think? Or and Fernando Vadasco in the fourth round. Yeah. Ah, oh, he's gonna he's gonna finally, you know. Well, I'm gonna go rogue and predict Fernando Vadasco because that helped him at Rome. <laughs> Actually, I'll take. Do you know what I'll take? I'll take a Vadasco Nadal final. Thank you very much. Oh, Over and out. <laughs> um, Actually, there was a really cute photo. They were on, I think, Chatrier today with Podasco's little baby. Um, they posed for a photo. Um, yeah, I mean, my head says Djokovic. My heart obviously wants Rafa to win. So I don't know what to say, really. Um, I'm going to say Djokovic, but I hope I'm wrong because obviously I would like Rafa to win as a Rafa fan. Um, but I go with the logic of if I predict the other person, then you know, it'll be like reverse psychology. Um, I'm, yeah, I'd be like team, team Nadal. <laughs> Team Nadal final, team team to win. I know that sounds, I know that sounds preposterous, but I think that <laughs> Dominic, I think that I think that Dominic team knows how to beat Rafael Nadal on a clay that court. That is true. He's done it. Yeah. He's proven it in best of three set tennis, and I have I've given him my full backing that he can do it in best of five set tennis. Well, there we go. So that's <laughs> the singles. Um, look forward uh for the tennis starting on sunday and actually we can't look forward to the doubles because the draw is not being made until the 26th of may so we will be uh catching up with our doubles uh, on our next episode which we'll be bringing to you kind of halfway through the tournament um, let's talk about what's been going on this week joel because we actually have had a few pre roland garros warm-up tournaments haven't we um yeah across both on Europe. the yeah, both on the men and women's side. So the men have been in Geneva and Lyon, a couple of 250 tournaments. They're at the semi-final stage at the moment. As we kind of said, Zverev took a wild card into Geneva. Dimitrov ended up having to play qualifying. Um, after all has been said and done, the semi-final lineup got Zverev, Nicholas Yari, again, another awkward opponent on a clay court, I think, along with kind of Christian Garin. Um Radu Albot, and then is it either Del Bonis or Ramos Vanolos? Has that match happened yet? Uh, yeah, it's happening as we speak. Del Bonis is a setup, so could go either way. Um, so yeah, that's the semi-final lineup. Um, I mean, notable defeats in Geneva. Stan Wawrinka lost to Dami Dumza. Um, and also actually talk of the devil, Christian Garin saying he's the most informed clay court player with two titles. He actually lost to world number 137, Taro Daniel. <laughs> so oh, maybe, wow. maybe his star is falling as we go into Roland Garros. Um, but you know, maybe he might just want a bit soon. more rest. Yeah. Or he's just, you know, playing it cool for the slam. Um, yeah. but anyway, we had one of our passing shot listeners and, uh, well, one of our previous guests on the passing shot. Um, Lee, who is uh, famous for running at tennis on telly, uh, Lee was at Geneva. So let's hear um, what he had to say about his experience at the Geneva Open. Hey guys, it's Lee. So I uh, went to the Geneva Open on Monday this week, which is a place I'd never been before, Geneva as a whole. A little bit of information about the Geneva Open. It's an ATP 250 event uh, played on clay. Top seed there uh, this week, Sasha Zverev. Um, unfortunately, you didn't get to see many of the seeds with it being Monday. A lot of the top players had buys into the second round. Would have seen uh, Grigor Dimitrov um, had there not been a lot of rain on uh, Monday. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the play got delayed. Uh, so we didn't get to resume until 
quarter past six. Um, Grigor's match was supposed to be not before six, um, but we were, all, we were still in the second match of the day at that point, so they'd already cancelled doubles, which was supposed to round off the day and Grigor's match. However, did get to see uh, some a couple of good matches. Um, Andreas Seppi uh, getting knocked out early um, was a disappointment for him. Um, but yeah, it was a, all in all a good day. I'd say fan experience at the Geneva Open, pretty good. They, they're, they're pretty well organised there. Um, it's very expensive uh, to go. Um, well, the tickets aren't too bad, but Geneva as a whole is a very expensive city to go and visit. Um, think of pretty much anything in the UK and you might as well double the price of it in um, Geneva. For example, um, a bottle of uh, a soft drink five Czech francs, which is probably about four pounds. Um, that was on site. Elsewhere, you're probably looking at about two fifty, three pounds. So, yeah, very expensive place to go. Probably wouldn't have gone for much more than one day. It wasn't actually my intention to go to the Geneva Open itself. Um, I'd actually booked the weekend away and then found out by chance that it happened to be the weekend that the tournament started. So, thought may as well go along um yeah so yeah could have asked for better weather but all in all i think a good experience in geneva um top tip if you are going to geneva uh, like i said it, it is exp- an expensive place if you stay in a um hotel just over the french border you'll find they are a lot cheaper than in the town itself transport connections around geneva are pretty good so um yeah um want to cross off the list and um, probably not one that I will go back to in a hurry because of it being so expensive and it being a relatively small tournament in the grand scheme of things, but not a bad one overall. Cheers. See you later. Thanks, Lee, for that update on the Geneva Open, giving us the fan perspective. If there are any passing shot listeners going to any events on the ATP or WTA circuit coming up and they would like to hear themselves on our podcast and give us the fan insight, the spectating experience of the event that they're going to, please let us know. We'd, we'd, love, to, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you just kind of contact us either on Twitter at PassingShotPod or drop us an email, PassingShotPod at gmail.com and I'm sure we can, we can arrange something because we're looking to do this for as many tournaments as possible. We want to give all our fans who are interested in, in travelling to all the, the events around the world, a little insight into you know what the experience is actually like on the day. So it'd be great if we could get more of those um, get more of those uh, requests in. So we also had the Leon uh, tournament well happening this week, and the semi-finals um, happening tomorrow is uh, Taylor Fritz, Benoit Paire, Nicholas Basilashvili, and Felix Auger Aliassime. So again, perhaps you know their players with a bit of form going into Roland Garros. I feel like Basilashvili, you know, he's got to the semi-finals, could play Rafa in the French. He's obviously trying to avoid some some more bagels being dished out. Um, <laughs> and actually, Taylor Fritz, for an American player, you know, they're not known to do historically that well on clay. He's actually been having an all right run of form this clay court season. So, you know, good on him for that. Um, but notably, we've had some British success this week in our in the doubles. So we've got Ken and Neil Skupski in the final of the doubles. And in the semi-finals, Luke Bambridge and Johnny O'Mara, they'll be taking on Dodig and Roger Vassalan tomorrow in the semi. So we could have an all-British final, which, which you know, would be ideal. So, um, yeah, good luck to the guys um, out in Lyon. And then, Joel, we've had some uh, WTA action as well in uh, in Europe. In Nuremberg, we've, again, reached the, the semi-final stage and we've got Putintseva, Sestea, Sinekova, and either Kudamatova or Zidane Set. Yeah, which I don't really know much about either of those players, to be quite honest. Yeah, um, I, I did see. <laughs> I did see earlier Putintseva. I think. I think she was the top seed, and she, she had a really hard, long battle uh, in her quarterfinal. Yeah, that was about three hours twenty minutes, and it ended with no handshake and a bit of a, a standoff between Putintseva and her opponent. I'm not sure what it was about. But uh, yeah, very kind of, uh, I mean, pretty standard for Putin's fur, which was that seems almost to like quite a lot with her. Almost like the Nick Kyrgios of the of the of the feedback of the women's tour, but uh, yeah, very not making not making not making any friends on on a tennis court anytime soon. 
yeah, maybe they should team up for mixed doubles, but it, it might be quite angsty. Um, but yeah, Zidanezek actually has won that semi-final. So, you know, um, but also we've had Strasbourg, which has the higher, higher caliber of, of players, shall we say. So we've got a semi-final lineup with Caroline Garcia, Irina Sabalenka, uh, Yastremska and, um, local French, um, local French player Chloe Paquet. Uh, if I'm saying that correct. Um, so actually this is Garcia's first semi-final of the season. So she's kind of getting a bit of form going into her home slam at the right time. Perhaps she really hasn't done an awful lot this year. Um, and also Sabalenka. Sabalenka. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's actually in this tournament, won back-to-back matches for the first time since March. So again, I wow. think this might be a bit of a confidence boost for her. And also we had Marta Costa, as, as I said before, reach her first WTA quarterfinal. So um, she's now projected to be inside the top 200, inside the top 200 at 16 years old, doing doing pretty well for herself. So, but yeah, we are all very much looking forward to the French Open here at the passing shot. No doubt all of our predictions, Kim, are going to go to pot and, <laughs> you know, we're just gonna have to look back and hilariously recall what we you know what we said on this episode and and almost be like what were we thinking well i've said fernando vadasco mark my words he's gonna have a fabulous tournament sorry dan evans but vadasco is the man <laughs> vadasco nadal final why not yeah i mean it, it it'll be interesting we we're terrible predictors um i think we did all right at the ao but but yeah we'll be back i think in the middle weekend, roughly, uh, after the first week's gone down to kind of bring you a catch up of the first week. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so looking forward to watching, you know, Grand Slam tennis, having it on, you know, live scoring when you're at work, you sort of live and breathe the slam for two weeks. And, you know, and then you don't have that kind of post slam fall down because it's straight onto the grass, um, you know, Britain becomes alive with tennis. So there's so much to look forward to in the next kind of six, seven weeks on the tour, which is fabulous. And as Kim said, we'll be back at the end of the first week with a recap of week one at the French Open. So I hope you can join us then. But for now, uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and uh, we hope you can listen to us and be with us next time. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our show we're supported by every one of our fans in the passing shot community if you want to become one of them and get the latest updates from your tennis catch-up service then all you need to do is follow us on twitter instagram or facebook at passing pod and if you like what you hear then why not tell your friends or leave us a rating and subscribe thanks for listening When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.